A game of rugby takes 80 minutes. That's 4,800 seconds. But it only takes one to win a scrum, to steal a line out, make a break and score a try. One second for a hero to become a legend, for one team to become champions. And it's their line-out that creates the opportunities to score their tries, and that's exactly what happened. He goes wide, and he finds a winger. Oiderman, he's faster than a bald man's haircut. Oiderman, and he gets the try. What a heartbreaker. Welcome to MLR Kickoff, episode 107, with your hosts, Dan Power and James Patterson. Well, I finally did it, folks. I got rid of the Professor Pete Steinberg. The rambling was becoming incensing, and I had to do something about it, and I've replaced him with the best-looking man in world rugby, the biggest brain in world rugby, the absolute baron of the sidelines in 2021. What year is it? COVID's crushed me. James Patterson, welcome to the show. I need a cool moniker for you, though, JP. What should it be? I don't know. I, I don't really feel like I've got much to offer. I, you love to make little comments about my hair, so maybe my it, it can be my analysis is better than my haircut, something like that. Do you think it comes from a place of jealousy, maybe a follically challenged guy who's just kind of a little jealous that you're into your 30s and still looking the way you do? You've got a great lid. Thanks, mate. But I do want to address this really quick. Big, big uh, last couple of weeks in the Patterson household. You welcomed a new member, a daughter, baby Zara, is now number four in the Patterson clan. So congrats to you and Tash and now big brother Hugo. Any sleep though, buddy? Yeah, varies night to night, but it's definitely worth it. They say that the little the little girl has you wrapped around daddy's finger and that's definitely the case. I know last time I was on the show, I thought it was going to drop that night actually ended up happening the next night so um yeah no it's awesome really loving it yeah she probably was coming then she heard the professor steinberg rambling and so i might stay up here for another 24 hours just to be safe no we love you pete uh i think i think pete is is he traveling this week or is he what 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 did we lose pete for I'm trying to remember must have been important if I can't remember what it was, but Pete, we miss you. We know you don't actually listen to the show when you're not on it, but we miss you and we love you. Uh, get well or enjoy your trip. Disney World for off, Penny's birthday. Oh, now I feel bad. Oh. That's actually something that's important. So happy birthday, Penny, as well, because Penny probably does listen to the show. She I mean, that was pretty cool. Like, there surprise you go. Big, uh, big week for daughters. Surprise your five-year-old with a trip to Disney World. Yeah, make some memories that they don't remember when they're adults. So it works perfectly. Well, money well spent. All right, uh, JP, we've got a big one. We're going to preview New Zealand, USA, the second uh, time in the last well, decade that these two teams have met on American soil. We'll bring in a couple of special guests who uh, played in that game, Ryan Crotty from the All Blacks and Andrew Suniula from the Eagles, and we'll go around the grounds real quick with some of the uh, latest news and action from Major League Rugby. But first, tonight's banter brought to you always 
by shopmlr.com, powered by the rugby shop. JP, I know you just love your rugby merchandise. Uh, you had to get rid of all of it when you got married like the rest of us, but you're restocking with MLR gear. I see some of those rhino rugby balls over your shoulder, a Rooney hat and arrows hat over the other shoulder. What else is the rugby shop selling at the moment? Just it's all about seasons for me, and I love a good discount. So you've got to get your sleeveless tank tops heading into winter. Oh, to start popping them all winter long. Yeah, sign me up. Is there is there a um, good color scheme for some of the sleeveless ones? I feel it, it depends if you're coming into a tan or out of a tan. You know, you just got to really. You don't want to go too bright. What if you're never in a tan? Then what? Stick to, stick to your more neutral colours. Neutral colours. Thanks, yeah. buddy. So all those neutral teams out there, get me a sleeveless and uh, I can scare some of the kids at the local pool next summer. will be great. All right, let's not stand on ceremony here, brother. Let's welcome in our special guest, a former teammate of yours, but two teammates. You played with both of these guys at different stages of your career. Ryan Crotty, Andrew Sunniola. We sat down with them earlier to talk all things All Blacks and Eagles. All right, joining us now to preview the big game this weekend. We thought, well, who better than, than two men who have lived this rivalry? Uh, some say the biggest rivalry in rugby. Um, some, not many. Uh, in fact, just a few. This guy here. But uh, All Blacks, Eagles this weekend. Two guys that played in Chicago in 2014. Joining us are uh, New Zealand All Black Ryan Crotty and big fan of the show and friend of the show. Crotts, thanks for joining us all the way from Japan, buddy. Uh, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. And he's arch nemesis who sat across the field from him that day. Uh, the King of Sting, uh, the Count of Monte Fisto himself, USA Eagle legend, Andrew Suniula. Dad, appreciate you coming on this late, mate. Uh, past bedtime, but appreciate staying up. How you doing? Thanks, man. Good to be here and look forward to it. So let's, let's talk a little bit about 2014. So, for, for USA Crotts, it was, it was a massive occasion, historic, uh, sold out Soldier Field. You played in front of big stadiums, big crowds before, but that was the first time that the Eagles have really seen a crowd of that size. And the occasion, uh, you, your old teammate JP and I were on the sideline doing some stuff for that game. How, how was the buildup in Chicago for you? And, and was there a sense inside the camp that this was something a little bit more special than a normal test match? Oh, yeah, it was an awesome, awesome build-up. Well, me and Andrew were lucky enough to, to come over a wee bit earlier. I think it was a few months earlier and to do some promotional stuff around the game and you, you kind of got a bit of a sense for it then how um, how excited people were for rugby to be coming to America. Um, then, that, yeah, that week leading to the Test match was, was awesome. Um, Chicago's a, a great, great city to, to spend a, a week on tour and... Um, Got to indulge in some of the Chicago's um, attractions, mainly mainly the pizza. There's a bit, um, yeah. there's a bit of um, they got a bit of a claim to the, the best pizza. I don't know how that goes, um, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was just a cool week, man. It was um, back out so good. Like a lot of the boys are, are football fans as well, so to be playing on on such a um, such a special stadium was was really cool, and there was a lot of excitement and. Yeah, it was a big week for the All Blacks to kind of put our brand, um, you know, to, to an audience that may not have seen as much of it before. So what was that like, 
talk us through, obviously, being in New Zealand and being all black, you can't go anywhere. So you come to the States. Were you under the radar? Were you surprised how many people were aware of who the All Blacks were as a brand? Yeah, yeah there's a big association with the, the All Blacks and New Zealand as a country, I think, JD. That's probably what I, I noticed the most. Um, but we had like a tour party from New Zealand staying at the same hotel as us. So, man, you couldn't walk through the lobby without getting um, asked for autographs or photos or things like that. So, there wasn't, there wasn't much... Um, yeah, we went to Anonymous around the hotel, but once you got out and about, yeah, it was, it was awesome just just walking around the city and, and just seeing some sights. It was it was a bit of a buzz around. They knew there was a, a, a test match um, coming, but not not too many people knew too much about about rugby at that stage. Now, Drew, for you, obviously a little different one. You're on the other side of the coin. They're playing for the USA, but grew up in New Zealand. How was the build up the game for you? Obviously, a little different. Uh, your brother. Uh, Lomi was on the bench, I believe, in that game as well. So a little bit of a family affair. But growing up and knowing the All Blacks intimately, how was the lead up to that game for you, knowing what was coming that weekend? Um, it was quite bizarre for me personally because I, obviously, growing up in New Zealand, huge fan of the All Black, wanting to be an All Black at one point or another, um, trying to climb the ranks. They climb the ranks through the age groups, the hope and dreams of making the All Blacks like every, every other kid and and in New Zealand, I've never seen the All Blacks play live prior to that. So that was my first sort of, I've actually watched the All Blacks twice and both times were in, on Soldier Field. And one of those times I was playing against them. So that was in the back of my mind in terms of not seeing them live, watch, like watch them live, play live, was actually play against them. So that was something you know, that was in the back of my mind personally, but I think coming together that week was such a, you know, as a, as a rugby player preparing to play a test match was quite different because that was Monday was our first assembly. Six days later, we're playing the number one team in the world. So that was also in the back of my mind, you know, just kind of bringing back to reality. What are our expectations of, out of this game? Uh, one being a historical game Two, we've got a tour that we're looking to kick on with. Um, heading into the 2015 World Cup. So we had some goals that we had as a team, but coming together and putting together a spectacle uh, in front of 65, 66,000 people in front of a, what Crody just mentioned, such a cool place to, you know, to consume sports, let alone participate in it. That was, you know, that, that was, it was a big week for me personally and for, for everybody in the team. Uh, yeah, only now I can look back and kind of, you know, articulate my feelings a little bit more. But it was it, this, it, it was such a fast week. A lot was going on. And before you know it, you're, you know, running around Soldier Field playing against the All Blacks. So. so let's talk about that a little bit more in terms of preparation. So now that you've been on both sides, you've been obviously an eagle. You've been involved in Major League Rugby at the start. When you're coming into these assemblies, a lot of these players hadn't been and played in front of a big crowd like that before, even in the first place. And in terms of preparation leading into the week, how much do you think it has helped the Eagles coming into short camps, knowing that these guys are now in professional environments in Major League Rugby? Oh, hugely, hugely advantage. Uh, it's a huge advantage to have that experience, not only just to prepare for a test match, but to be constantly be in a weekend, week out professional environment where you got to train behaviours and habits and you know 
preparation is huge and everything. So having that under your belt um, coming into a test environment, you don't have to cover that in terms of, uh, you know, the coaching stuff because ideally the majority or if not everybody that are, you know, coming into a test assembly would be in some type of professional environment as in those habits and those behaviors are already there. 2014, three quarters of the team didn't have that. But now, we're, where are we now? 21. We've got Major League, which is going into its fifth year. So that's a huge landscape change and a huge advantage in everything that we're currently doing going into future World Cups. Now, you know, we're about to host the World Cup. So it's all heading in the right direction and the direction where I wish it was when we were playing. So, so just adding on to that and talking about the game a little bit. So you spent, what, how long was the leader? Up with Crotty for that game, you spent what a week with him. Was you turning around, yes. kind of? Yeah, he must have made a big impression on you because yeah, yeah, yeah. You're known as a big hitter, but you let him through a few times on the game. You can only hit what you can catch. <laughs> no, was that, that that was a good experience getting to do all the promotion stuff. Who else came across with you, Crotty? Was it just you? It was um, Victor, but... Victor, Victor Vito, and it was... Um, and Seamus. And, yeah, Seamus. Seamus Kelly, Victor Vito, and Captain Crotty was leading the charge. Which <laughs> baseball cap did you have on, Crotty? I know you're a massive fan for everybody out there. I've never met a New Zealander that owns as many flat bill caps. <laughs> what what team do you rep these days? Oh, day one, Cubs fan. Yeah. You know that. Day one. <laughs> day one. Since 2014, so <laughs> I forgot we went to a Cubs game, and then yeah, there were there were Cubs fans from that day. You had the full kit, didn't you? You had the pinstripes and everything. Yeah, still got it. <laughs> so one of the interesting things. Oh, sorry, Cross. Well, I was going to say one of the interesting things that came out of the game is Drew. You said to me before the game, "I'm going to dominate this game so much that people in New Zealand will forget the name Sonny Bill Williams." How did that work out for you in the 80 minutes, mate? You think maybe you should have started with a different Sonny, maybe lower on the list before going after the top one? <laughs> oh, that worked out well for me. I didn't think it made a tackle at all. So, you know, there was a, I think we just turned around. There was, you know, they're under the post. We were under the post. I said, what happened? Yeah, it was. Um, it was. No, but it was, uh, the, <laughs> the pace was, uh, was definitely something, you know, that we hadn't experienced as a group. Uh, particularly with how quickly, you know, the ball was moving. Um, and then, of, of course, getting, uh, you know, getting your defensive structures organized quick enough to kind of answer any questions. And then there's a physicality part, which, you know, we were able to match at some point, but you got to be able to sustain that throughout, um, throughout the 80 minutes. And then hanging on to the ball. Like, it's very, very tough to play rugby without the ball. And those guys never give you the ball back. Yeah, and Crotch, for for you guys, you, you come over and oh, I, I think everyone expected the result to be what the result was. You're the number one team in the world. You know, you're running in to a 2015 World Cup that you go on and win. What was the messaging in camp like for that USA game? And then the actual performance itself, the game itself, was there anything that surprised you about the USA team or the performance itself? Um, I think for, from our perspective, it was, an ex- it was a really good performance from our team. And I think that just shows how excited the boys were to be playing in the States on Soldier Field. Um, 
yeah, I just I remember the the guys just been really excited for it, real, real hungry to, to play there. So I think that was reflected in our performance. But like to hear Andrew talk about like the level of preparation that that those boys had compared to our preparation, that's um quite interesting to to hear. Like we, we've been in camp all, all year on and off and. You know, we had a really good base in Chicago and we had a really good week's preparation. So, you know, preparation equals performance. So it's, um, yeah, interesting to hear those boys didn't have as ideal um, lead up to a big test match as they probably deserved. How do you approach, just go back to some of your days, like how do you approach the difference and from a week-in, week-out basis when you're with the ABs and who you prepare from? It's the same preparation regardless if you're playing the US or Australia or South Africa? Yeah, the, the, the weeks are, are pretty pretty similar. Um, they've got, I guess, a, a tested routine that they like to stick to. And, um, yeah, like through the week, it, it's, it is really similar, uh, whether that's your, your, your weights, your conditioning, your reviews, your meetings. All that stuff is, is, is pretty streamlined. So, yeah, it's, um, they've got a formula that they like to stick to in camp and, and on tour. So, but I'm saying that there's, there's a lot of downtime as well. So, that's why, you know, one of the special things about heading to such a cool place like the States is when you get that downtime, you can make the most of it and, and go and experience things that you, you know, you haven't before. So, it's really cool. The formula didn't come out in the Amazon series. And Dan, I thought we could have tripped them up there to get the formula out in the open for the world and some of the major league rugby teams to adopt as well. But Crotty, too sharp now. That NDA lasts too long <laughs> with the All Blacks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, they, they, were the, well, they were pretty, um, yeah, they were, they were pretty mindful not to what, what they gave. Uh, in that series, so you're, you're right there, JD. But cool to hear that um, in America they are. You do have those kind of professional environments that the players are immersed in that, you know, is only going to help and increase the quality of play that, um, you know, that's involved with American rugby. So cool to kind of hear that, the, the growth in, in that space with uh, Major League Rugby. Yeah, it was a, a crazy, so little, little story about that build-up. So when you guys did your captain's run, I was at the stadium and I thought, I'm not going to let an opportunity go by to watch the captain's run of the All Blacks. You just It's not something that you give up. So I go and stand at the tunnel and I'm watching and whoever your head of security or your manager is comes over and goes, you got to leave. And I'm like, why? And he goes, you can't be here for the captain's run. That's the deal. you got to leave. So I walk to another tunnel and come back out. He finds me at the opposite end of the field, comes down again, starts giving me a bit of a spray. You can't be, you got to leave. I said, you do realize who you're playing tomorrow, right? Like what I see right now will make no difference to the score. No offense, Drew. You, I mean, you could still smash me, buddy. But I was shocked at like the, the, the attention to detail and how easy it would be to be complacent, you know, facing at that time, what the 18th or 19th ranked team in the world. And you know, the, obviously the big occasion, but it was, it was so impressive. And that's why, you know, the All Blacks are who they are, I guess. Jeez, I'm surprised you wanted to come down and watch Captain's Run. From, from what I remember, it was snowing when we had Captain's Run. So it was yeah. snowing and then the sun was out and then it was snowing and the sun was yeah. out. It was, a, it was a bipolar day, yeah. No, I got kicked out pretty quick. I ended up retreating up to the press yeah. box in the stands and watched it from there just to spite the guy. Tell him I'm sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm glad they did that. Probably, <laughs> it's probably Hanson. He's always um, Steve was always a bit paranoid with um, people watching training, so quite often we'd be at a training session and he'd have uh, security guards checking up in the bushes or, yeah. or whatnot, especially if it was a test match against Aussie or South Africa. Well, like yeah. two hours later, the USA <laughs> showed up and they actually had me running in the captain's run as a decoy, <laughs> smashing me. So it was the total opposite. They needed the extra we bodies. Need, we, need, we need the numbers. We actually we actually just met new new guys that week. <laughs> yeah. No, that's no joke. <laughs> um, hey, you're, ta- you're taking away from... Scotty's performance here by making it sound like you weren't prepared. They were really well prepared. Don't worry. No, I'm just jumping on on top of you being coming out of the blue. So you know that was that was that. All right. Well, let's let's talk a little bit of Major League Rugby now. Now, I know it was on news in New Zealand on Sky Sports, and the only reason I know is um, Ben Smith would regularly text James about how terrible his haircuts were. He said, hey, I'm in the gym working out. What's going on with your hair? So nothing's changed because we've, we've seen photos of JP back in his super rugby days with terrible oh. hair then. So consistent. But it's it's on TV down there. Do, do the boys enjoy the, the comp? Do they watch a lot of Major League Rugby? Because there's obviously a huge interest in a lot of the American sports, like you said. Does it carry over to MLR as well? Yeah, yeah. For me personally, there's like quite a few guys that I know that are playing in the league over there now. So um, you have interest there, but... Yeah, there definitely is. Um, man, you just kind of you kind of see the potential for, for rugby in America, if, you know, if, if it just keeps growing and keeps getting better. Um, so yeah, there's definitely an interest from New Zealand. A lot of us over here in Japan, while the foreigners still like keeping tabs on the games and and things like that. So um, yeah, man, it's definitely a lot of interest in in rugby in America and in, in the major league. Who's your team? What team do you support? Oh, I'll just bandwagon whoever's winning. Yeah, like JD that's what he does for before, his major so. league sports teams anyway in the States. So was it, <laughs> yeah. it was the Patriots for a while <laughs> and somewhere else? Guilty. Nah, never the Pats. Never the Pats. Mate. Loves the Guiltinis. Uh, he loves them. Nah, too, too many Aussies, I reckon. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, nah, I, I don't know. Nah, I'll, just, I'll just bandwagon whoever, whoever starts going good next season and because there's quite there, there would have been there's there's been a few lads that actually come from Japan and and headed across. Is anyone in your team transitioned across or come back and forth? No, we don't have any at Kubota that have gone. I think there's a couple of NTT that are kind of stay in the same apartment complex as, as we do. So I think there's a couple of guys that have done that. But um, I think the season's kind of coincide so that there is that opportunity to go back and forth so um no it's it's it'd be great to play you know rugby in america again so it's um yeah it's it's cool to keep tabs on and be interesting to see how it develops do we get the old butcher house was it the butcher house what was it called jp the discount the mad butcher no where'd you what house did you guys live in it was it had the nickname for all the horrible things you did in there. I can't talk about that right now. So. Yeah. But we get a discount, right, Crotty, if we get you over? Something like that, rates? Yeah, yeah mates rates. So, yeah, me and Jaddy go way back, so happy days. Just keep putting those yen in the mattress, brother. You have plenty stashed away, and you can come do a, a swan song over in MLR. Sounds good. All right, let's get predictions for the game with again. We'll let you guys go. Uh, Drew, it's late where you are in Chicago, and I know it's your day off, Crotty, you don't want to be talking to us. 
All right, big weekend. What are you, what's your score prediction here? We'll start with you, Drew. USA over New Zealand. What do you reckon the score is? Historic first ever win. Uh, first ever win. I think it'll be a last minute drop goal uh, for the Eagles to go up by two points in 20 minutes. Wasn't there a point where it was tied in the Chicago game yeah. too? The USA took a penalty. Yeah, or, they, yeah. it was yeah, seven three. They all count. Yeah. yeah, they all count. They count Stop those ones. Praying for some lightning that cancels the game and take a mild victory. What do you reckon, Crotty? What's the score this weekend? Uh, I don't know. I think it'll be closer than uh, in fourteen. But now I think that Millbacks, uh, you know, they've got a pretty good group at the moment. They got seems like they've got the culture really, really humming. A lot of young guys that. Are really, are really hungry to add to the All Blacks legacy. That probably haven't quite had that opportunity to in the past. So now I think I think they'll play really well. I think they'll be excited to be back in the states, and I think they'll I think they'll win by maybe about 20, 20 30 points. I think so. I think yeah, I think out. it'll be closer than twenty fourteen for sure. Um, yeah. Especially with how things have changed, and a lot of you know a lot more preparation time with Gary and uh, and the squad assembling, having a lot more assemblies this past you know, two to three months. Yeah. I think it'd be a lot closer and should, should make for an exciting game. And not having an inside center that shoots out of the line all the time will help too. Yeah, Seamus, Seamus is not playing anymore, so he's... Uh, oh, he's not? Okay. So it should be Sorry. right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> oh, beautiful. JP, let me give you a prediction while we've got you here real quick. Yeah, I think it's going to be closer. I mean, if you look at where US sits now, they've been in camp, in and out of camp now. For probably eight or nine weeks so this is probably the longest stretch of preparation we've had uh in preparation for a tier one test it's unfortunate a few of the foreign players are unavailable to us but it gives a chance for some of these younger guys to put up their hand and we saw what they did last year you know some good performances against tier one nations so yeah i think you know i think they close the gap i think there's probably delta somewhere between 20 to 30 points but who knows I like it. All right. Ryan Crotty, Andrew Suniula, appreciate you joining the show, boys. Hopefully, What's your uh, predictions? Yeah. What's your predictions? You didn't give us yours. So being the voice of the league, I'm a professional fence sitter as well. You know, I don't pick in. And I know this is technically not an MLR game, but uh, it bodes me well when I have to pick sides later behind closed Off doors. Move. So, Off yeah. move. It is. It is very Australian of me, actually. I just play both sides <laughs> of the fence, whichever way it falls. And I'm like, I'm the smartest guy in the room. So, but hopefully uh, Japan treats you well, Crotty, and we can see you over for, for a year or two in MLR and the four of us can get to have a beer. Appreciate it. Enjoy Captain's Ring. <laughs> yes. Can you get me a ticket to the next one? <laughs> just you kidding. need a ticket to the Captain's Run this time. Yeah. Oh, if I turn up to the USA one, Gary will probably have me run lines again. I'll get smashed again. again but... Okay. You need All, right. Shield, yeah. All right, boys. Take care. Great having you on the show. And uh, we look forward to watching the game this weekend, uh, whether you're in Japan or Chicago. Appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, mate. And there you go. Good, good chat from those guys. Kept it pretty professional. I kind of forgot that they did the pre-game uh press tour together so crotz was over here with victor Vito for quite a while so those two uh they, they started chatting before we got started i'm like i didn't know they knew each other but there you go small world isn't it yeah actually when we were asking crotty and we said we we're going to have someone for the game he actually requested that he came on so it must have been quite a memorable trip they had around a, a few late nights 
around Chicago and the traps. But that was, I mean, we were both at that game. How special of an occasion was that? And now to bring it to DC with all of the events this week surrounding USA Rugby, it's going to be quite a memorable experience there as well. I thought it was because Crotty had nine carries for 221 metres right through that 12-13 channel thing. Uh, Andrew shooting out of the line. Just kidding, Drew. He can't defend himself now. He's not here anymore. But uh, yeah, he's going to be special. And, and we go back into an NFL stadium. And now the, the big test is we come out of this COVID period. Can we fill FedEx Field? And, and that's a big question. Ticket sales flying along there. And I hope we do fill it out because I think it's great for the All Blacks to come through. And even if it is periodically like they had, you know, they're coming back and played Ireland. Uh, a few years later, and that was another great crowd at Soldier Field. But you, you don't want to go to the well too often. I think it takes away from the, the special kind of feel to having these big teams, big Tier 1 teams come over. Uh, but I, I love the fact that the ABs are coming over. And if you can get out there and watch it, like you said, you and I were on the sideline. You grew up in New Zealand, so you know the mystique of the All Blacks. For me, it was on the opposite side watching them smashes all the time. But to be down on the field and watch them operate it it is honestly it's like watching a great artist uh paint or a great singer sing you know it's just it is poetry in motion yeah i would agree and you even saw today they're getting a lot of help was it congressman mooney there's a video floating around i think twitter and on reddit at the moment congressman mooney standing up as congress now this excuse my that's in the no, that's, that's in Congress. Yeah, forget about that. And it's not the Senate. But he stood up <laughs> <laughs> He stood up today and, and had a big you know, picture in the background and, and promoted the event and talked about how important it was for everybody to get out there. So there'll be a few dignitaries gracing the sidelines for, for the game as well. Yeah, how about Congressman fix the supply chain crisis because my Amazon packages aren't here and I want my stuff. <laughs> How about you do that instead of making promotional videos? No, this is not a political podcast. This is all rugby. It's great stuff to see everyone getting behind it and the DC community getting behind it. It's going to be an awesome game. We had our predictions. I don't make one because I'm uh, I'm soft like that. But again, it'd be hard to bet against New Zealand. But uh, wouldn't it be something? We saw uh, we saw Argentina get their first ever win over the All Blacks last year. You and I were actually in a hotel room. I think we, I fell asleep. You may have made it through the game, but... Uh, it was late. It was very late. And it was uh, one queen bed and it was I was in heaven. So um, don't worry, Mrs. Patterson. He didn't reciprocate. It's all good. His, his chastity is intact. All right. Uh, it's going to be a great game. Uh, hey, hey uh, Stats Boy, what, where can we watch it? Do they You're live at 3.30 Eastern on Flow Rugby. There okay. is a delay. Yeah, currently planned for NBCSN at some point over the weekend. Uh, okay, but I don't, I don't have times for you for that. But okay. there will be a linear delay because this game is pretty huge. So yeah, so live on Flow, a delay on NBC Sports Network. Cool, within a forty-eight hour window. So just get on your device, whatever you watch television on, and find that. Uh, DVR is DVR still a thing? Uh, yeah. I almost said, almost said TiVo. No, no, that's is not is DVR just what you call it? Maybe, maybe it's irrelevant. All right, let's keep rolling through this news here. USA Rugby launches the official World Cup bid, united by rugby. Talk about uh, 
you know, a big moment here for rugby in the United States. And, and you know, Andrew Sunula kind of mentioned it, you know, the World Cup coming here. And there is almost like this air of expectancy that's coming in 2031. JP, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think with the successes of MLR, you know, this game's going to go a long way. And then, you know, qualifying for the next World Cup is going to be a big part of it too. But uh, what does it do to the game here? Like how important is it to have a World Cup here? Not only what it does for the game here, but what it does for the game globally. I think you'll see probably most countries, rugby playing nations around the world, wanting the World Cup to come to the States. There's a big thing in terms of markets. So, you know, the World Cup comes here. We saw what the Soccer World Cup was able to do for Major League Soccer and the trajectory it centered on post the World Cup. I think you see a similar response here in the States. There's every opportunity that is the platform that's required to really grow rugby here, but also grow rugby commercially to a wider audience around the world. Because if you look at what matters when it comes down to sponsorships, it's all about eyeballs. And, you know, that, that gives a bigger platform for a lot more events, perhaps maybe even a global competition one day that includes the United States in there. Who knows? Blasphemy. How dare you talk about it? No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, yeah, it's exciting times and there's going to be some big uh, decisions coming up out of this World Cup. And listen, I, I think it's you're naive to not do it if you're world rugby, to bring it to the, the biggest sports market in the world. I don't know if people argue that, but it's, it's, to me, it's a fact. And we've both lived here for a long time, JP, and there's, there's no country in the world that does sports like the USA. Like it's, you know, it's, it's ridiculous here. It's fantastic. So let's hope that one gets rubber stamped sooner rather than later. Also going on is the MLR Board of Governors Conference taking place in D.C. from the 21st to the 24th of October. Now, the, the Board of Governors, is that the stonemasons? Is it the uh, of, of MLR? Like, is this the power brokers, the, uh, the new world order? Not the cool one from the wrestling, JP, with Hulk Hogan and those guys. Like, what do you reckon they're going to be talking about at this meeting? I don't know. Are we going to have new new laws next year in Major League Rugby? Well, I know gonna- Stats, Stats Boys working into the the effects of the new laws this year, so we might have that on a show soon too. Well, that would be good. Maybe they're going to add like rolling subs. You can only have one front rower on the field at one time. Yeah. You have to kick with the opposite foot that you dominantly kick with. I like where this is going. We replaced the ball with a balloon to make the passing a little slower, and more dynamic. No, this is why we're not at a meeting, folks, because it's a it's a learned, learned group of uh, people making these decisions. So, uh, hopefully, we get some news out of that. Maybe a couple, like I said, some modifications. Uh, I know the fifty twenty two law is probably making its way in, and, and you talked a little bit about that a few weeks ago with Pete uh, JP. So, uh, just again making the game more appealing to a larger audience base here. And they've been pretty good with their flexibility in those laws as well. All right. Uh, MLR points, Harry Hardy, H-squared. He joins as a new chief commercial officer. Uh, you got a little bit on his background, JP? Yeah, so I mean, he, he has a, a massive background in, in sports marketing in the States, and especially when it comes to sponsorships and things that this league really needs to do now that they can capitalize on all the the extra attention. So he was what, 10 years with Octagon, spent three years with DC United, actually had a chance to talk to him here 
about 10 days ago and yeah, really impressed. And I know that everyone internally in the league is just excited to have a guy, you know, you know, those in the US, these sponsorship deals and how, how you're able to package the product and present it to these big companies. He's got experience in it and it's right for the taking with Major League Rugby. Now, this, this next one, this really hit me on the old heartstrings, JP, because you know I love a mascot and we've got a new one. Archie, the raccoon, is the Arrows mascot. I was hoping for someone dressed as an arrow in a quiver, but they've gone with Archie the raccoon. I like it. He looked pretty sharp on the sidelines. I can't wait for him and King Creole to get into a little bit of a fisty cuff on the sideline next season. You'll find it interesting. Um, you know how Australia deployed the army to, uh, you know, curtail... Not a political emus? podcast. Stop oh, it, Aaron. The Great Emu War? Well, yes, the Great uh, Emu. They, they've lost. <laughs> they lost. Well, a couple of years ago, the Toronto mayor declared war on raccoons and the city of toronto lost the trash war on the raccoons trash they, pandas. They, they call them the trash pandas and basically he declared war but they had such a big cult following on the background they actually became kind of icons one died and they built a memorial to it there so they couldn't defeat it. and then at the end of the day they decided instead of fight the trash pandas that they should embrace them and spend 31 million Canadian dollars? What's that? Like ten US dollars? Something oh, like little jab from JP. I love it. To, to make wheelie bins that are panda proof. So sorry, raccoon. So yeah, I think there's what yeah, there's a little bit of a sneaky background. I like the edge around the mascot. You know, he's he's someone that you know, catch him on a good day, he's really nice. Catch him on a yeah. bad day, he'll give you rabies. Yeah, I do like the idea of creating a problem that you have a paid for solution. Pretty smart. Time to introduce some trash pandas to Kansas City, JP. What do you reckon? First, we've got to develop the bin, so then we can we can cash in afterwards. But uh, and and this this next one is a legit good cause. Free Jacks join the one percent for the planet. So one percent of their revenue they're donating um, to that organization to help with with numerous different you know global initiatives. So great work from Eric Anderson uh, and the team up there in New England. Uh, good cause, and again, probably in retrospect, goes against me introducing raccoons into a city. So I'm sorry to the free jacks for that. I won't do it. All right, let's talk a little transaction. Dallas, the Jackals, putting their squad together for 2022. Liam Murray, he goes down. So the trash panda himself from Canada goes down to the Jackals. Good signing. Old Glory. They've gone to the 13-man game, Rugby League, and signed Junior Sal, who has a union background, so it's not a true crossover that he was playing over in the Super League. He goes to Old Glory. I'm interested to get your thoughts on that one because we did see a large Rugby League interest in the early 2000s. You know, Wendell Sale, Elijah Keery, Matt Rogers. Do you think we recycle this? Is this something that MLR will now be looking at? I think you've got to look. Uh, look at if you look at talent available globally and domestically here, or players that want to come in. I think you've got to open up. You know, th- th- he's an, he's been an exceptional league player. I think you probably tracked him in the past. He's played for the Kiwis. He played in the four is the four nations. Um, he's capped. Play it was a very good player in the Super League. He spent some time at Melbourne. I think someone a team you've got a little bit of history with. So you know. Um, 
I like I like the idea. I think ball playing. You look at the modern game now. Uh, it, mm. it it's almost like they took league players in at the beginning, and then they spat them out and took all of the, the league attacking strategies and implemented into the rugby game. Because mm-hmm. the way they go at the line now with a second man play, now we've got it's not just a ten or a twelve doing it. Watch these front row forwards and their three man pods pulling the ball out the back. A yeah. lot of league has infiltrated into rugby, so there's no reason why these players can't have a big impact. Yeah, and of course, the news coming out that Joey Leilua out of the West Tigers has sent his resume to all the MLR teams. Um, you know, it, it is interesting. And, and we talked to, you know, Ryan Crotty a little earlier about this. It, there's just so many eyes on the league here and there's such a, uh, a enthusiastic groundswell support for MLR to be successful and, and take off. Uh, I think for some guys to come play here, for others, like, you know, we joked around with Crotty about coming over here, but at the back end of his career, um, you know, it may be a bridge too far, but it's just another opportunity to play the global game. And so I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it uh, that they're they're turning these stones over at Old Glory that we probably haven't looked at before. Final thoughts, JP, on that one? Yep. No, that was a great final thought. So Thank you, mate. Thank you. Way to put the bow on that present for me. You're the best. Uh, we do have some departures. Dan Hollinshead, he signs for Vans in the Pro D2, which now has Jason Robinson and Aston Fortain as well, among others over there. I think Sam Wuching might be in the Pro D2 as well. So a lot of MLR guys going over to uh, En Francais to play a little rugby. And again, it's, uh, I don't, obviously the season's not clashing. They're playing right now. So it's interesting to see how many of those guys come back. Well, doesn't the French season last for like 11 of 12 months of the year anyway? Mate, you'll play more games in one season of French rugby than you will in your entire career in other months. They have, they have midweek cups, mid midweek cups, midnight cups. You know, it's like, who, who are we playing this week? And there's oh, some team from Bulgaria and some European shit. Yeah, this is great. Uh, but yes, no, it's, it's, it's going to be great. Uh, and Dan Holland said, what a great player he was for New York this year. That shoulder injury, kind of, you leave wondering what could have been if, if they have a healthy Dan Holland said in the playoffs against Atlanta. Uh, maybe they are the team. They're the first team to knock off LA and maybe they can do it again in the final. We'll never know now. Thanks a lot, Dan Holland's head. Just kidding. Great player. Disappointed to see the shoulder hurt, but excited for him to go over to France and play. And here's a name that you probably recognize. The king, not Wally Lewis, Carlos Spencer. He signs on as assistant coach down there in New Orleans. He surely's packed his playing boots. What is he, 44? He's got one game left in him. He's, he's like the player that you grew up in New Zealand just admiring but secretly hating at the same time because it was that one game. I think you remember he did the chip off the knee, the knee chip. Yeah, yeah. And then you're out in the backyard hitting your chin with your knees, trying to chip over to your mate, scolding him in the face. I mean, in all seriousness, he's a he was a creative genius. And um, if you look at what he did to the game of rugby in New Zealand in terms of that spark, he was kind of like the Harlem Globetrot trotter type player in that era. He's got an attacking mindset. He goes to Nola, you know, he's got going to have a, a younger back line and he's got some good talent to work with there. I think, I think he makes an immediate impact. 
Yeah, I agree. I, and you know what I loved about Carlos Spencer is he legitimately played the game for the right reasons. Like the game was really running into like serious structure issues where it was becoming a little bit boring and, you know, a little bit redundant with the way they were playing. And he would just be like, I'm just going to do it, you know, try this, try that. He did the one where he turned around backwards, kicked yeah. over the top of his head and uh, attacked from inside his own goal line. They went the length of the field try. He was a bit instrumental in that. So Hopefully that flair is translated into his coaching and he can kind of just enable the players to express themselves. And then Noel have always played a fun style down there. So hopefully that continues to grow. And it's just great to have Carlos Spencer in MLR as well. One game, Carlos, one game. Even if it's only 20 minutes, I'd just love to see him strap the boots on one more time, selfishly. Don't hurt yourself, though, brother. Uh, all right, that wraps it up, JP. We got through some good stuff today. Excited for the game this weekend, USA, New Zealand. Uh, have you got the split jersey, the ABs on one side, the Eagles on the other, or are you going all America this weekend? I just layer the outfits. So I'd probably go US jersey, some New Zealand shorts, maybe some yeah. US undies. Who knows? Yeah, figure it out, figure it out. Well, from all of us here, congrats again on the birth of baby Zara. Wonderful work from you. I'm sure Tash played a small part in it, but you're the real hero here, James. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's finally good to be, to get the recognition I deserve for this occasion. No, go get, go get uh, an hour and a half sleep until oh, she wakes sorry. up. We'll be there. I'll be there. Sorry. Keep down your voices. I'm sorry. I didn't mean All right. That wraps, that, wrap, that wraps it up from everyone here. No, from for James Patterson, our producer, Aaron Castro, uh, our guest, Ryan Crotty, and Andrew Sunil. I'm Dan Powell. This has been the MLR Kickoff. Episode 107 of MLR Kickoff brought to you by shopmlr.com, powered by the Rugby Shop.